Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. several weeks we've kind of used for our blueprint the Lord's Prayer, right? And I don't have to recite that. You guys know that. It's, it's really a pillar in our, in our faith. If you're a Christian, uh, there's two very common scriptures that, that we, we have to have in our arsenal, right? They tell you, you got to know the 23rd Psalms and you have to know the Lord's Prayer. And as I've said before, truthfully speaking, this particular thing that we call the Lord's Prayer is not the Lord's Prayer. Others, other, other scholars will call it the disciples' prayer, and it, it's not even the disciples' prayer. If you, if you want to know uh, the Lord's prayer, you have to go to John 17. That is the, exa- that is the prayer that our Lord and Savior prayed. That is, that is the Lord's prayer. But what this is here that we've been working with is a blueprint for how we should pray. And, and, and so we've talked about uh, uh, in, in, in week two having a focused desire. You know, part of, part of the Lord's prayer focuses on us having a focused desire. Th- th- then we go to a second section of it, and, and, and it says we need to have an intentional dependence. And that's where we're, we're talking about uh, give us today the day the food we need. Give us today the food we need. We're de- intentionally depending on God. And today we'll wrap it up with an important part of this. And this is... Uh, a plea for deliverance. And today we're going to focus on the last part, the last section, the last stanza of this wonderful scripture entitled, uh, as we all know it, the Lord's Prayer. And we find this right here, 12, uh, we're going to go Matthew 6, uh, verses 12 to 13. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. God, thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people as your ambassador. And God, I pray that the image that they see resembles your son today. I pray, oh God, that the voice that they hear sounds a lot like his. Oh God, I pray that my tongue is articulate and my mind is fresh. I don't want to forget a single important fact that you've had me study and tarry over to present to your people today. Let every word that I say, God, bypass the ears of the listener and penetrate the heart of those in attendance today. God, bless this place from center to circumference so when we leave here, we can say we are transformed and renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dr. Crawford Lawrence a phenomenal man of God, a local pastor. Actually, he pastors over at uh, a church in Roswell. 
I won't lie. It was him where I got the inspiration to do such a message. It was him. It was his, a series that he did some time ago where I kind of got like a blueprint for what I wanted to talk to you all about. It, Dr. Crawford Lords is an amazing man. He's a pastor over at Fellowship Bible Church. And, 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 he, said, and he broke it down this way, that, that we all, at, at, at any given point in our life, in our Christian walk, in our earthly walk, we will all come to a place where we are seeking God with a plea for deliverance. We, we, we need to be delivered from something at any given point in our life. And, and, and it's so instrumental and so pivotal and so important that Jesus, when he gives this blueprint for how we should pray, he ends it there. He says we should depend on God for all of our stuff, right? We should, we should have focused desire, you know, letting them know what we need. But at the very end, the most important thing we always need to do in prayer is seek deliverance from something. Now, here's my question. Am I speaking to any perfect people in this room today? Then that's, that, that alone is the revelation that we all need to be delivered from something. Whether it be ourselves, whether it be bad relationships, whether it be our finances, whether it be uh, 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 our enemies, we need to be delivered from something, whether it be sin. We need to be delivered from something, bad habits, whatever the case may be. We need to be delivered from something. And so today I want to talk to you all about two very important points. And I want to talk to you about what it means for God to deliver us. When we ask God... In this specific scripture to deliver us, we're saying, number one, deliver us from our sinful nature. That's your first note if you're taking notes. Deliver us from our sinful nature. A lot of pastors don't talk enough about sin. (laughs) Even I, I I, I tend to sometimes kind of roll over it. But the truth of the matter is the Bible tells us we're born into a sinful world. We're born into sin. We, we can't help it. And, and because we're born into sin, it's easy for us to sin. And, and, and some of y'all might like, no, no, I'm, I'm holy. I don't, I don't sin. And, and, and you just told a lie if you said that. And by telling that lie that you don't sin, you just sinned. All of us sin in some kind of way. And here's the thing that you need to know. Jesus doesn't weigh one sin heavier than the other. All sin have the same type of burden. They all require the same type of repentance. Sin is sin. And as long as we're on this side of heaven, my brothers and sisters, we're going to sin, including the pastor, including you. We all will sin in different ways, but we will sin. We will cast judgment on somebody. We're going to tell a white lie. What's the difference? Is there such thing as a white lie, white lie versus a black lie? Is there a gray lie somewhere in there? I mean, honestly, we're all going to stretch the truth a little bit. Am I right about it? Some of us might, might, might be just upset enough to kind of drop a F-bomb or something like that. Thank you for the amen, because I was going to be by myself. Amen or Bob. <laughs> we, we get to the point where we use language to express our emotion because we can't find the, the holy words to use to express that in this moment I'm angry. I can't find a holy word to express the angriness, so I'm going to say blah, blah, blah. Explicit. Ex- you know, explicitive. We all sin. Matthew says, and Father, forgive us our sins 
as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Watch this. When we're asking God to forgive our sinful nature, we're also saying, forgive us our sins against God and his people. Because here's what I know. When we're seeking forgiveness for something that we've done, that we think we've done to just ourselves, when we've disappointed God, I guarantee somewhere along the line we've disappointed somebody else. We've offended somebody with a decision we've made. And a lot of times, watch this, we don't know we've offended people. A lot of times we don't know we defended people. So we have to constantly be asking God, forgive us our sins against you. In other words, we didn't do what you told us to do. We stepped outside of what you said you expect us to to do. We stepped outside of the Christian behavior you expect us to operate in. God, forgive us for those sins. Forgive us for the sins of you. Y'all do know there's three types of of, uh, sins, right? There's a sin of commission. It's the sin that you could make. It's an act where you've committed a sin. You, You did something that was sinful. There's a sin of omission, right? And if you don't know what that is, that is you knew you were supposed to do something, but you didn't do it, and, and, and so you've omitted it. You tried to hide it. Uh, you knew you were supposed to do it, but because you didn't do it, it qualified as a sin because God said do it, and you didn't do it. There's a sin of omission. Watch this. Here's a third one. There's a sin of permission. What, well, I never heard that one, Pastor, permission. It's those things that you allow to happen when you know you could be an intercessor. You're permitting certain sinful things to happen in your family, in your life, to you personally. There's that sin of permission. So there's commission, omission, and permission. There's three types of sin. And, and, and so we need to be asking God, and at any given day, we commit one of them. <laughs> any given day, we, per, we commit one of those sins. Any given day. So we need to be asking God, God, forgive us our sins against you and your people. The other thing we need to be asking when we ask God, hey, forgive us uh, from our sinful nature is also we should be asking God to help us forgive others. That's one of my biggest challenges. I'm being honest with you, especially when I became a Christian. If I could tell my story just a little bit, you know, I was at a young age molested twice, two different people, two different circumstances, one a female, one a male. And then to encounter them and see them and and have to actually be, you know, when I become a Christian, it says you have to forgive everyone of their sin. You mean to tell me I've got to forgive people who took advantage of me? Ooh, that's hard. Ooh, that's hard. So I've learned to pray this prayer. God, help me forgive others. Because if, if, if I relied only on Broderick Santiago, I would still have distaste in my mouth for the people who offended me. So God, help me to, to forgive others. Because I can't do it on my own. Uh, I can't do it by my own power, by my own strength, by my own might. God, help me forgive others. I need your strength in those moments where somebody wronged me to the point where I want to hurt them physically. Help me forgive others. And I want to tell you right now, brothers and sisters, there's no shame in admitting that you don't have the power to forgive others on your own. In 2002, my biological grandmother on on the paternal side, my father's biological mother, I will never forget this moment, 
It's the first time I was meeting Erica's family in West Virginia. And I'd only met this woman once in my life. She's a beautiful woman. I've heard great stories about her back home, but I only met her once in my life. And in 2002, I was going to meet Erica's family in West Virginia. I got a call from my dad. He says, listen, man, your grandmother has been shot and killed. And I, I immediately start wondering, like, wait, okay, for, wait, my grandma, which one? I mean, because they're already gone. What grandma could you possibly be talking about? And he said, and her name uh, is, is, was Aileen. And uh, what happened was she was just a passenger in a car, and she wasn't even the intended target. And somebody drove by, shot up the car, and killed her. I only met her once, and I regret that I didn't get to meet her more. But my father knew her all his life. That's his mother. Even though they had situations, he knew her. And uh, he and I talked. And it's been a hard thing for him to forgive the guy, young creep, for no reason to take the life of this woman. Can you imagine that, sitting in a courtroom? Somebody kills your mother, an innocent woman, and you're saying, you know what, mm, I want to forgive you, but right now, if, if, if I knew I could get away with it, I would choke the life out of you. And that's the struggle that my family and I deal with, because this is a woman who had a lot of demons in her life, demons that chased her all her life in terms of drug use and heroin. She defeated those demons only for her to get her life on track. And this little punk decides he wants to be big man and shoot up the car and kill an innocent woman. That's painful. But if I read the Bible and I believe what it says, I have to think about a man who was spat on. I have to think about a man who was kicked. I have to think about a man who was thirsty and he was given sour, nasty parasitic wine to drink. I have to think about a man who had to carry a cross up a hill after he'd been beaten. I have to think about a man who was, who was crowned with some thorns in his head. I have to think about a man who was hung on a cross and, was, and, and in that moment, oh, his last words were, Father, forgive these people who put this crown on my head, who made me drink parasitic wine, who made me, who spat on me, who cussed me, who hurt me, who kicked me, who beat me the last words our father Jesus said on that cross was forgive them and if he can do it I have to do it though it pains me I have to do it though it pains you you have to do it and Jesus set this example he set the bar for us to do that forgive them because why they don't know what they do. I love to say this, and it's so true. You have to remember when someone hurts you or does something bad to you or offends you, remember this. It's very cliche right now, but it's truth in it. Hurt people hurt people. People that are hurting on the inside, they hurt people. Whether it's intentionally or non-intentionally, they hurt people. Hurt people, broken people, sour people, they hurt other people. They don't know what they're doing. They're just responding to their own hurt. So don't take it personal when somebody offends you. Just remember that hurt people hurt people. But oh, my brothers and sisters, remember this other part. Blessed people, blessed people. Blessed people, blessed people. 
And when a hurt person hurts you, you bless them. You bless them. Oh, man, I want to tell a story, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep on going here. Regarding sin, my brothers and sisters, realize this. The reason Jesus says we have to ask God for help in forgiving others because only God has the power to pardon a sin. (laughs) That's good. Only God has the power to pardon a sin. That should have been an amen moment. I just released you from trying to forgive somebody on your own. I just released you from trying to save folk. God never called us to save folk. He said, just share my gospel. I'll do the saving. I just helped you and made life easier for you because only God can pardon a sin. All you need to do is, God, help me forgive others. The effectiveness, effectiveness of your prayers, my brothers and sisters, is directly in sync with your ability to forgive. I'm going to say that again because that, that was another running moment right there. The, effectis, the effectiveness of your prayers is directly connected to your ability to forgive others. So in other words, you've been praying, Father, forgive me. You don't feel forgiven, but have you forgiven the other people who've already offended you? If you've not done it, this is why you're not seeing results in your prayer life. Your prayer life is directly connected with how you forgive others. Oh, man, y'all could take that to the bank. I guarantee it will get some interest. That's good stuff. Watch this. Listen, if you got your Bible, which I want you to join me over in Matthew 12. I want to show you. Matthew 5, 23. This is good stuff. Watch this. It's going to bless you. Watch this. Watch this. 5, 23. If you haven't, you don't have to say amen. I'm just going to jump into it. 5 and 23. Watch this. Watch this. I love this. Watch this. So if you are, this is how important it is to forgive others. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, here's the instruction, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Let me stop and see if anybody about to leave. Okay, y'all must have forgave everybody. I need to forgive. Go on for it, brother. <laughs> Truth. I love it. There you go. It said, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. It's so important. He's giving you license and permission to stop doing what you're doing in the church and go out there and do what you need to do for your brother and sister in order for you, watch this, in order for you to be released from the bondage of unforgiveness. It's for your sake. It's not for them. He's trying to bless you. This is why he says, if you pray and you be in the middle, oh, God, thinking, you know, oh, man, I need to forgive so-and-so. All right, I'll be right back. Hold that thought. You do that. He's saying that. He's giving you license and permission to do it now. It's that important. Here's the second thing I want to share with you. God, deliver us from our sinful nature but also deliver us from evil works and people. Ooh. Evil works and people. There are some people, evil people. Y'all know them. Sometimes they call family. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that because they listen to the podcast. <laughs> From evil works and people, there are some people 
that don't want to see you succeed. Surprise, right? There are some people that are not excited about your promotion in life. There are some people that are smiling when you say you got engaged, but behind the back saying, oh, it ain't going to (laughs) last. There are some people that say, man, you know, so-and-so spoils their kid. They don't know a darn thing about parenting. There are some people that are not happy with the fact that, you, that you're at Mosaic Church. Why are you going to that church? You've got real haters that you don't even know exist right now that are hoping you fall and trip and fail so that they can pretend like they were, oh, I'm so sorry. I knew it, didn't I tell you? I'm so sorry. There are people, me and my wife often joke about it. You know, we, we, we have these conversations and uh, we, we joke. I says, you know what, we'll never get divorced because I never want to hear what people really think about us. <laughs> I've been to slap some people with my drumming hands. You've been smiling in our face for 12 years and this how you really feel? You better get on out of here. The devil is a lie. I'm telling you, there are some people. And so here's what he's saying in Matthew 6, 13. Watch this. And let us not, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Watch this. This word temptation uh, in this particular pericope, in this scripture, there, this, it's a Greek word, which is pyrosmos. The word right here is pyrosmos. And, and temptation, which means pyrosmos in Greek, really means an overwhelming trial, adversity, or affliction. So it's it's not saying, oh, I'm tempted. It's saying, God, do not let us yield to overwhelming trial. Pyrosmos. Do not let us yield to overwhelming trials. I want to fix something about this scripture because I found it interesting at first. It says, God, don't let us yield to temptation. But if we read the old, the, the King James Version says, lead us not into temptation. And, and I took issue with that because God doesn't lead us into temptation. There was only one man on the earth that was ever, if we want to use the word lead, quote unquote, led into temptation. And that was Jesus. But see, let me, let me fix this. This is good. He wasn't led into temptation to kind of pull rank. That was only to demonstrate God's victory over the earth, over the devil. He was only led into the desert to be tempted by the devil to demonstrate his victory over sin for the rest of our lives. It was a demonstration of no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter what he does to you, no matter what he says about you, no matter what lies he puts in your face, we are victorious. And that moment when he was led into the desert, it was only to show you and demonstrate the victory over it. So that whenever you read that scripture, you can always say, you know what? Why am I tripping? The battle has already been won. God doesn't lead us into temptation. He teaches us already how to deal with it. It's already been won. Why am I fighting so hard for something that's already happened? I already know what's in the outcome. I am a victor. I win in the end. I hold the belt on my my waist. Why am I fighting so hard? And that moment was just to demonstrate you don't have to fight. It's already been won. He's already defeated Satan. Satan, listen, 
The tricks he's using on y'all, he used on grandmama and them, great-grandmama and them, great-great-great-great-great-grandmama and them. It didn't work on them. It's not going to work on y'all, so stop tripping. There's nothing new under the sun that he can do that that God is not aware of and has not equipped you to overcome. There's nothing new under the sun that we can't overcome as long as we are in his face. The only one led into temptation was Jesus, and that was to demonstrate his victory. Watch this. Because so many people say, oh, God is, God is testing me. God is tempting me. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. Watch this. The oldest book, you know, the Bible is not written in chronological order. But if you want to know the first book written in the New Testament, you got to go to James. Very first book written in the, old, in the New Testament, right? Now, if you don't know who James is, James is, I don't like the term half-brother. They're brothers, okay? Forget that half-brother stuff. I, I, got, I got siblings that way, and they ain't, they ain't half nothing. They whole siblings. Amen? I love them like, like, like they whole, and so they are whole in my eyes, even if they, we have different mamas. Amen? All right, that's another conversation. So James is Jesus' brother who writes the very first book in the New Testament, the oldest book in the New Testament. And this is what he says. Watch this. James 1, 12 through 15, right? Watch this. Watch this. This is what he says. He says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That word again, temptation, is trials for the record. That word that we're using here is that same right, pyrosmos, pyrosmos. That's that same word. It means trial. It doesn't mean tempting. It's trial, okay? This is what James is saying. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, watch this. Woo, this is good. And remember, when you are being tempted, tested in trial or whatever, don't say God is tempting me. Don't you dare say that. No, no, no. Don't say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Y'all want to know where temptation comes from? I'm about to, about to make, it, make it plain. Make it plain, Pastor. Say, make it plain, Pastor. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Made it plain. Temptation comes from our own desire, our own sinful desire, whether it be we want more, whether, we, and whether it be we want something else, whether we want to hurt somebody, it comes from our own sinful desire. Temptation does not even come from the devil according to this. It comes from us. And far too often we give the devil way too much credit. When we give him that credit, do y'all know we're trying to make him equal to God? When we say, oh, the devil is this and the devil, oh, the devil is trying to get me. What do you mean? He didn't have any power that was stolen from him a long time ago. God rules and reigns on the earth and in heaven. He has no power. Stop giving the devil all that credit and own up to your own mess. Not, not y'all, your neighbor. I want to I get out of here safely. You understand what I'm saying, King David? I want to get out of here safely today. Here's the deal. If we, in our carnal minds and fleshly desires find ourselves headed down the wrong paths, what we're saying is, God, lead us away from such things. What did I say when I opened up? 
We're, we're born into sin. We're sinful people. We're going to be, we're going to be drawn into certain sinful nature. But watch this. The scripture is saying, and don't let us yield to that stuff. The world is going to guide us there. Our thoughts are going to lead us there, but don't let us yield to it. Don't let us succumb to it. Don't let us embrace it. Don't let us endure it. God, if we get to that point, here's the second part of that. If, if, if by chance we just, we, we just could not resist and we fall into this thing, this sin, watch this. Here's the second part. If we fall into it, but rescue us from the evil one. If we succumb to sin. If we find ourselves at a weak moment and just fell into it, air quotes, rescue us from it so that we don't live in a permanent state of sin. Rescue us from this this mess. Rescue us from it. But if we've already succumbed to it, rescue us from it. And here's here's the thing. We will succumb to it. We will. We will. We will. Drop an F-bomb. Don't let us stay there and keep on cussing. We, we will have impure thoughts. Don't let us react and, and, and try to do more. We will come to, 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 to making bad financial decisions. But God, don't let us forever rest in our debt. We will succumb to a lot of bad things on this earth. But God, when we do, and even when we've tried our best, rescue us from it so that we may be redeemed. Worship team, you can come, and I'm going to make this final point right here. Sin, someone said this, and, uh, and this is really good, but it's so true. Watch this. Follow me, which, if you will. Sin takes us farther than we wanted to go. It keeps us there longer than we intended to stay, and it costs us way more than we intended to pay. Can I say it again? I like that. Sin takes us farther than we want it to go. It keeps us there longer than we intended to stay. And it costs us way more than we want it to pay. For a moment, we get caught in sin. And it's the most expensive, bad investment we could ever make. So here's my thing, and I'm closing on this. I don't, I don't think God even expects us all to be perfect. He doesn't. If that was the case, half this Bible wouldn't exist. This prayer that we just went through wouldn't exist. He knows we're going to miss the mark on this side of heaven. He knows that as long as we're here on earth, we're going to miss it. This is why he gives us this great gift, this great communication to. He gives us this great portal called prayer where we can open up our mouths, make our petitions known to him. This is why he says in, in, in the Bible where, where, where we are weak, he is strong. And it's okay to say, you know what, God, I struggle with forgiveness. Help me forgive others. God, 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 I'm not lying. I'm struggling with this certain area of my life. Help me with that area. It's okay. And I want us to be a church that prays authentic prayers, not this pity pat stuff about God I need, but really ask God the stuff you need that will make you better as a person. As a Christian, as a believer, as a son or daughter in Christ. Amen. Our worship team will come in and I'll be right back to close this out. Come on, let's stand to our feet. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.